That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, podcast party people? How you doing, man? What's going on here? There we go. This thing's sticking up there. There we go. There we go. Oh, how you doing? How you feeling? I am slightly more recharged than I've been in the last couple of podcasts. The Trevor thing kind of threw me for a loop, man. Threw me off. You know, it just, it just, just it threw me off for a good week. It's just too fucking nuts, man. I think people are still reeling for it, reeling from it. You know, hopefully you're not reeling from it, but if you are, totally get it. Um. Yeah, but in other news, I had a pretty good week. First, first of all, it's fucking hot as balls today. It's like May fucking sixteenth or twenty. What is today? May twenty fourth, sixteenth. I'm way off. May twenty fourth. It's almost June. My son is. It's hot as balls today. Fucking 93 degrees up by where I am. Holy shit. It's fucking blazing. Very cool. I love it when it gets hot like this. The only thing I don't like is walking the dogs. I got to go super early and I'm like, fuck. I always take too long and then I get out there and it's fucking hot. But I love it. This is the time of year that I live for. This is when I can go to the lake. This is when I can go wakeboarding. Drink beer in the backyard. Shirt off. It's nice. Love this time of year. My uh, oldest son, Xander, is about to graduate. Going to graduate at the end of the week here. Probably on the day that you're listening to this. Yeah, he's going to graduate high school, man. It's crazy, dude. Crazy. I'm shocked. I can't even fucking believe it. It's nuts. It is nuts. It goes by really fast, man. Let me tell you. When you have kids, it goes by fucking fast. Holy moly. Yeah. And then the other day, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. He might have a little party. He might not. They're still trying to figure it out. I was like, whatever you want to do, like, just have at it. Go crazy. And uh, I took my youngest, Wyatt, I took him driving for the first time. 
driving on Sunday. Oh my God, that was so much fucking fun. <laughs> I took him to this kind of abandoned parking lot where there's nothing around. And I mean, you know, I got, I got a pretty big car, so he, uh, you know, it's definitely a learning curve. You know, you forget how much like of a learning curve it is. Like you just think like, Oh, I'll gently push the brake or I'll gently push the gas. And like, when you get in for the first time, both my kids did this, like, wow, I'm like, whoa, brake, slam on the brake, you know, like the first couple of just every time. He was really good at turning left. So like, you know, when the car was right there, but if he had to turn right, man, every poor plant and the fucking island got run over and the tires running over the island. I was like, Jesus, dude, and slams on the brakes. It's like fucking, it was fucking hysterical. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. It was cool. I was going to video and then I forgot to video. I don't even remember. I can't even tell you why I forgot to video. I would think I'll I'll probably do it next time. Like the pressure's off. Like you know, dad's video videoing me. You know, let him get the first one under his belt. But uh, yeah, it was killer. And then uh, and then I had him parking, and you know what? He actually did really good at parking. Like fucking dead accurate in the center. And I was like, oh wow, look at you. You know, like was able to stop right in time for the end of the thing. And you know, he was definitely able to do that really good. So, so yeah. Um, what other news is coming up here? What other news is coming up? I got, uh, there is a new decapitated album. My guitar player, Vogue, who plays a machine head also in band decapitated. He has a new album coming out this Friday called cancer culture check that shit out there'll be a link in the description somewhere maybe even it pops up over here somewhere on the screen uh but yeah check that shit out. it'll be on fucking all the socials you can pre-order it from nuclear blast get vinyl and cds and cassettes and yada 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 and uh but it's going to be obviously everywhere digital providers digital service providers they're called dsps um and I got a track, I got a feature on there. I got a feature on the new decapitated song called a song called Iconoclast. And uh you know what? I think maybe I'll can I play it? No, I can't play it, can I? Fuck. Oh, can I play it? I can play it. I can play it. Let me see here. There's a video for it and everything. Let me find the track. I'll just play in my part. So not to give too much away. It's a banger. It's a fucking banger, bro. Let's see. There is decapitated masters. Ah. Boy, that's loud. Here, let me get the, let me get the heavy part. Boy, sick. Here's my part coming up here. That's your boy. Oh, 
pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a banger. It is a banger. Yeah, the whole record is really good. He sent me the whole record. Title track, a Cancer Culture is a ripper. Econoclast is a ripper. They got another song on there called uh, Suicide Shape Program. Suicide Shape Program. I think I got that right. Let me see. Am I got that right? Suicide Suicide Shape Program. Yeah, that's it. Space Program. Sorry. Suicide Suicidal Space Program. That song is fucking savage, dude. Oh, my God. It's fucking brutal. So heavy. Yeah. There's some killer shit on this record. So fucking bang that shit. And then the last song on the record, it's called The Last Supper or Just Last Supper. Uh, it's got a kill. Dude, Vogue delivers the butter. The butter, baby. It's a killer solo. Such a good solo. It's my favorite solo on the record. It's fucking really good. So, yeah, that drops this Friday, May 27th, everywhere. Cancer Culture by Decapitated. Got a feature by me, your boy, Rob Flynn. So, check that shit out. Yeah, it'll be everywhere. There's a video dropping that Friday as well, which will be Thursday night, California time. Exact same time that NFR goes up. So, maybe I'll include that if I get the link in time. And, uh, yeah, some good shit comes, some new music coming your way, some new features coming your way, a new collab, you know, some new decapitated with machine head. Uh, let's see what else, what else I had some, the, the wife and I are finally having relations again, relations again, which is nice. You know, she's had a, she had a opera, an operation on her lady parts. And so, uh, we couldn't have relations for a while too long, eight weeks for God's sakes. A lot of you porn during that eight weeks. Let me tell you a lot of you porn. I went down the, I went down the whole step daughter fucking porn. You ever watch this? You ever tell right back in, right in, leave it in the comments. Or right into no effing regrets podcast at Gmail if you don't want to leave your comments for public to see. And I'll read them if you want. But uh if you give me if me if you give me your permission, I'll read them. And I don't have to read your name or anything. I can just read your story. But uh I was watching this stepdaughter. It was it's so stupid, stepdaughter porn. It's like so it's like, you know, the dad remarries and then it's like it's okay because the daughter's not like blood relationship and <laughs> it's always just so fucking stupid. You know, it's like the fucking dad's laying in bed and of course he's naked because who because everybody sleep who sleeps naked? Like I don't like I sleep with underwear on, you know, like but not naked. Maybe somebody, maybe some, maybe some of you creepy motherfuckers sleep naked. I don't know. Let me know. But uh, he's there, and then the stepmom is of course there, and then the daughter comes in like, "Daddy, I can't sleep." And it's like you know, this chick's like thirty years old, but she's got 
pigtails and fucking, you know, she's got like a little Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Of course, because that's what you go to bed in, right? You go to bed in a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. <laughs> I can't, I can you give me a massage? <laughs> It's just like, oh, sure, honey, let me uh, help you out here over here. Oh, God, you know, take off your shirt and I'll help massage. You know, it's just the, it's the dumbest thing, you know. And then they start literally the, the stepdaughter and the stepdad start having sex right on the bed, right next to the mom, who, of course, is sleeping in a negligee. And she stays asleep the entire, I mean, like hard fucking she stays asleep and I'm like, God, this is so stupid. But yet there I am jacking off to it. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> this is so dumb. So dumb. So ridiculous. Get my little, get my laptop. I usually do it here. At the, I usually do it here. Where I do the podcast. I usually do it right here at this desk. <laughs> if you didn't know. That's right. As soon as this is done, I might jack off. I doubt it. I had some good loving yesterday. I don't need to jack off today. But uh, set up my laptop, get my little paper towel, make like a little, I make like a little mat in between my butt and the and the laptop <laughs> to catch any <laughs> droppings. And then go to town, God damn it. And then I go to town. And that's it. So I had had a lot of that going on. I went down quite a few of the stepsister with glasses, giving a blowjob, and oh my god, it was so fucking dumb. After a while, I gotta say though, chicks in glasses giving a blowjob, like you know, like secretary glasses, sexy secretary glasses, it's pretty fucking hot. I I I was pretty. I was like, this is fucking pretty hot. I'd never even. I'd never looked at porn with chicks wearing glasses before and i was like this is yeah i can i can jam on this this is good <laughs> it's so dumb though. it's so dumb after a while too you know and then once you're done like there's no need to watch porn right like you're just you're like i'm done i don't even need to see how this finishes right i don't even know i don't need to know how this ends i know how this ends it probably ends with the dude pulling out and jizzing on her face, which I'm not into. I got to tell you, I'm not. It's not my. It's not my vibe. It's not, I'm just like I don't. What? What? The last thing I want to finish up a blowjob with is me jacking off. Horrible. Sounds horrible. We have uh, Machine Head has just so I'm, before I get on, move on from. I'll, I'll wrap up my jacking off porn conversation here. Machine Head has a new record out coming out called Of Kingdom and Crown. Comes out August 26th. You can head over to 10 Ton Trading Co. and pre-order the vinyl. You can pre-order the CD. You can pre-order the cassette. You, we got 16 different kinds of vinyl, picture discs, splatters, marbles, box sets. We've got this fucking sick-ass shirt right here of the album cover. We got hoodies. We got wall flags. Again, I'll put the description in here and hopefully somewhere on the YouTube thing, there's a thing floating around that you can just click on and it takes you there for 10 Ton Trading Co. And uh, yeah, the vinyl arrives in November. I want to say November 25th and the CD and all digital service providers on August 26th. So check that shit out. Um, 
Let's see here. I'm going to play you. I I went to, uh, I saw this band opening for Cannibal Corpse the other day, and they fucking slayed, bro. They fucking slayed. Oh, my God. It was fucking good. It was so fucking good. Crushed it. Singer, this this song, this is the song that just fucking blew me away too. Like I, I didn't know the song of it, the name of the song until he told me, and I came up to him after the show. I was like, "Bro, that shit was fucking brutal. This is fucking awesome. This song is called Intensified Genocide. Listen to how fast he spits this shit in the middle." too live man they fucking played so good met him backstage at the show they were fucking super nice guys off of their latest album which is called Elegy pretty epic shit too man they got some really good like cool string parts cool piano bits like cool segues in between songs you know like kind of add some atmosphere to the vibe See what I mean? Like, pretty fucking cool power, man. You're fucking, you're on the back of a horse, fucking smacking the back of a horse, like, riding through the rain, carrying a flag, and a fucking sword, and a fucking machete. I guess you'd have to have three hands to carry the machete. 
sick, right? Yeah, check out the record. This is off of the album called Reclaimer. They have another one called Melancholy, and the latest one is called Elegy. This is Chris from the mighty, mighty shadow of intent. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, where are you at? Uh, we're on tour. We're in uh, Dallas. So we're playing uh, Amplified Live today, the place that used to be called Gas Monkey. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So it's not Gas Monkey anymore? Right. They renamed it. So the like the 3,000 cab room just straight up closed. And the oh, outdoor wow. room, yeah, the outdoor room, I think they expanded the cap a bit to like 1,400. Um, and it's called Amplified Live now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool place. Yeah, it is a cool place. I always had like good food, good dressing rooms. Kind of yeah, remote, good like pretty remote location though, right? Like feels it's like you're like, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, it at least has, uh, you know, the usual fast food and hotels and stuff. But yeah, it's, you know, Dallas. Yeah. Is this like a festival or is this, uh, what is this? Uh, so I have another band called Currents uh, that's on tour with Dietus Murder and After the Burial right now. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So that's basically what I'm doing. These yeah, you're a busy guy, man. Holy yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How's that? So the tour is going, the tour just started? Yeah, we uh, did four dates in Cali, one in Arizona, and now we're starting up Texas. Right on. Yeah. Oh, man. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's an exciting one. Uh, still pretty early in the tour, but everyone's cool. How would you compare, I, you know, I've never seen uh, Currents. How would you compare it to Shadow of Intent? So where Shadow of Intent's more like, in the death metal melodic area, currents would be closer to, I guess, if you've heard Architects or uh, Bring the Horizon, closer to that, but like a little heavier. Okay. Yeah, tune pretty low, down to drop E. Uh, so it's a, you know, super low drop tune. E. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, drop E uh, and shadow intense, you know, on six strings. So just mm. a couple different things. And obviously, vocally, it's not all death metal growls it's more of the higher pitch screaming um and singing choruses stuff like that are you are you singing or do you have a singer uh we have a singer i just i'm just guitar okay because i know you do a little bit of the clean singing in shadow right yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but the current guy is just way better than me, in my opinion. So just give it all to him because right. he's gonna he's gonna nail it. Right. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. Totally. Is this also a uh it's also self-released? No. So Currents is on the nuclear blast imprint called Sharp Tone okay. that uh, August Burns Red just signed to, and they've had We Came as Romans for a while. So very much in like that metalcore realm. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Different than, uh, I got to say, I was pretty impressed by the fact that you're all self-released with Shadow. I mean, that's like, it's yeah, a lot, it's a lot of work, but you know, like it's clearly working. You guys are, you know, you got some fucking good numbers on your YouTube views some good numbers on your Spotify, like. You're fucking third of where you were you third of five on that on the cannibal tour like that was fucking one of four yeah one of four okay Um, okay yeah right below revocation um right 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 but yeah um definitely you know you know when you're smaller you only get interest from smaller labels and we're like oh we'll hold out for something bigger but by the time something bigger was interested in us we're like oh we're actually making pretty decent money maybe we we shouldn't, you know, sell the rights to everything just yet. Um, and yeah, we haven't really seen a reason to sign, but we definitely, you know, love having a booking agent, like right. having a booking. Yeah. He, he definitely helped out a lot getting us the tours we've been getting. So, yeah. but, um, you got, but you, you know, I, I watched the, the making of, and like you manage the band, you produce the band, you write the majority of the, music you write some of the lyrics like it's a fucking lot of hats to wear man like that's a fucking lot yeah. of hats to wear and you, yeah, fulfill, uh, you fulfill the product you know like the no i appreciate that yeah, like that's insane dude yeah it's it's a lot but um and you're in I another guess, band <laughs> I can't yeah believe you're in another band on top of it <laughs> yeah i don't know why i punish myself i just <laughs> uh it's like oh yeah i could do that Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Or oh, I guess I could do that too. And I don't know what the exact mental reason is, but I guess I must enjoy it to some degree if I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, what's the hardest part of that? You know, like doing everything um, by yourself. The hardest part, really, the hardest parts are probably when it's time to release something because then that's everything at once versus when you're not releasing something, you kind of get a little bit of a break. Like you still want to make sure you're, you know, pay attention to the tours you're doing and any opportunities that come your way, you know, make sure to be there to handle that. But, um, the hardest, (laughs) I feel like touring is still the hardest thing, like being on tour. Yeah. Um, just being, yeah, just being on the road, being on a tour. Um, cause you know, writing and producing is a lot of fun. I'm passionate about that. It can be time consuming cause you still want to, I'm still like kind of like the thing I'm sort of a perfectionist in that way where write way more songs than you plan to release, um, cut the weaker ones and, you know, make sure the tracking is tight. And when, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hardest would be, but there's, you know, definitely those hard days um, where maybe a deadline isn't met and right. you have to chase after people. Those are the yeah, tough. I would, think, I would think the management side would probably be, you know, cause like, you know, you, you're now dealing directly with whoever you got to deal with and yeah, there's no buffer for you. Like, 
Exactly. Yeah. I guess the buffer is one thing I guess I'll miss is, you know, I have to be the bad guy. And when like an unpopular decision is made, it's like, they know that they know that I made it. Like I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm responsible. Um, But I also just like being able to have those uh, relationships with people and not have to go through someone to be able to talk to somebody. I like to know, I guess I just always like to know exactly what's going on and not have like, any mystery behind anything. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's, you know, it's awesome. I mean, I, 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 uh, I wish I would have had that kind of same attitude when I started, you know, like I, I, and I kind of like when machine had originally started, like it was very DIY. Like we did everything. We did all the merch Mm -hmm. demos. We did everything. And then, you know, we got signed. And at some point, like you just kind of you know, when this is back in the nineties when you had to sign that crazy roadrunner deal where you had to get yeah. all your <laughs> publishing and merch and, and everything. And it's like, you just kind of got like, I just kind of got used to that and sucked into that. Cause that's just what I had to do. And, and but uh, roadrunner in the nineties, I imagine had like a ton of power. Like they could make a lot happen for you guys. Maybe in the that, later nineties for sure. But in the beginning they were still, you know, they were still very much an independent label. Okay. Like okay. there was no, there was no attachment to any majors at any point. And, uh, you know, but they did, you know, but they did, you know, they spent money and they, and they, and they helped break the band and push the band. So, you know, in my mind, in the long game, in my mind, it worked out for machine head. And so right. it, was worth, it was worth it. You know, I know a lot of other people that were on the label at the time don't feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I think in one of your other podcasts, you mentioned like your first time in Europe, you're already doing like several thousand tickets in, in a lot of cities. So like, yeah, I mean, we, we lucked out in that the record just really kind of was a phenomenon, you know? So yeah, like, we couldn't, you know, it was, it was, it was, yeah. Crazy. It's but, always, you know, hard to but at the same that. time, like now, you know, we're, we, we've probably, you know, in the last seven years or so have probably gone closer to what you're doing mm. now with shadow, like we, where we've gotten, you know, all the control back of everything and things revert back to us and we own our merch, we own our publishing and, and, uh, and, you know, it is a lot more work, but at the same time, it's, it's fulfilling. It's really fulfilling because you know, like exactly where shit is and like, yeah, you know, you sell a half a million records and you, you know, you actually make money as opposed to only making like $5,000 to split between four dudes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah it just doesn't make a, at least the label, especially cause they, you know, will take a bigger cut than management or an agent might. And they, sure. their selling point is often, Oh, we'll give you this lump sum of money, but you do the math if your record's doing well, you're going to make that money back in maybe months or a year or two or three years or whatever amount of time, but you're going to not only make it back, but then continue like hundred percent, you know, keeping all that stuff. Do you see the benefit though? I mean, it's interesting to me that your one band is completely a hundred percent independent, but then your other band is signed. And like, are you seeing benefits of, you know, being signed and. Yeah, I think, um, it's nice attaching yourself to like something and people can be like, Oh, they're, you know, they work with these people. They're more, you got taken a little more seriously in some situations, I think. Um, and you, yeah, I guess you just have a little more legitimacy. Like 
they're like, oh, they're a signed band. Uh, you know, they if they're on a record label, they must be a big deal. And just the just that in itself has an inherent value. But as far as like um, modern day distribution, I guess I'm like, well, people don't really. I, I would love it if they did, but people don't really like go into Walmart and Target or FYE and buy records. Um, right. So that kind of selling point of like, Oh, if you're on a label, you get distributed into record stores. And it's like, that looks really cool. Um, if people bought music like they used to, that would be. Yeah. I can't, I'm trying really, to think the last time that I went and bought a CD at a record. Yeah. Store. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, again, it's like nice. I love when people do, but I can't yeah. say that I do. Yeah. And I could never expect someone to do something that I'm not even doing. So um, I think a lot of the selling points record labels had are not really there anymore. But I will say I I can definitely see like how if you see the same band, all factors held constant, but they're, you know, attached to a bigger record label, um, they might get some opportunities that another band wouldn't. Um, and so some bands, you know, give up a little in the beginning so that maybe their growth can get faster by attaching themselves to that name. Um, and, you know, if the members of the band, you know, maybe they're not working nice jobs and they don't have a lot of money to work with that lump sum can be nice too, to pay a producer or videos or whatever they have to pay for. Um, and like the funding of like, vin- like vinyl is pretty expensive, you know, like to get like, a good number of vinyl like it's pricey now yeah yeah i think because we have to do two by 12s for all our albums because all our albums are 40 you know past 45 right. minutes so right. we can't just do the one so i think with shipping because all the plants i guess are overseas so it's like 12 feet Ooh, maybe cut that out. i don't want anyone know right <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um but yeah vinyl you know i think we you know you print a couple hundred couple thousand at a time um, so you have to just make sure you're setting that money aside after you've made it. So that's, that's part of the, the trick is, oh, you made all this money, but you can't spend, you can't pay yourselves with it just yet. It needs to right. go towards this stuff. Right. But, um, I guess in our situation, we were pretty conservative and cheap in the beginning and we just invested 2000 of our own money, um, to like get the initial mixing done and the initial like merch printing album art done. And then from there, everything was just paid for by, you know, the earnings of owning everything. That's um, so, I, killer. but I guess it does help that I already had like a, you know, a home studio set up. I'm not counting that, but yeah, for sure. You know, I like to think, Oh, I would have had that anyway, even if I didn't have a band cause I like recording. So, but yeah. Um, Short answer, there, there are benefits to a record label still, but I think they're pretty different from probably when Machine Head was starting out. Your singer was, uh, you got like a little vocal booth in your department or whatever, right? Like you just got black curtains up. And <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That was actually my last place. We didn't end up releasing the making of video um, until after I had moved. Um, the editing took a little longer than we thought, but um yeah that was like yeah that was like a half closet with curtains and yeah um and yeah some of the vocals got tracked there some of them got tracked 
most of them actually got tracked to my new place, which black curtains again, but it's just a little bigger, but still with like the black panels. Uh, but yeah, all tracks. I loved how, no. how you referenced, uh, you know, it was like being in like, uh, like Ace Ventura climbing out of the, the cow or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a classic. Yeah. He's a um, fucking beast singer too, man. My God. Like you're fucking, you guys killed it the other night, man. Like you guys fucking killed it it was so fucking good yeah i appreciate that um yeah he you know i i remember my first time ever seeing him perform we were you know in local bands and we're just like this is the best guy i've ever seen like even back then when he was in high school he was just as good as any vocalist i'd ever seen at least at you know screaming he's not really like a, a singer he very much is like an extreme vocalist that uh Knows what he's doing, I think. What's the one song? I, I was trying to find it on all your records. Uh, what's the one song? One of the songs you guys played live, but it was almost like a, a death metal rap. It was so fucking fast. Like, it was just... It was spitting out. He thinks it was where millions have come to die, and I think it was intensified genocide, but uh, okay. it would have been from our new album. He, re- he remembered uh, you saying that... Um, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's one of those two songs. But um, so, yeah, the new album. Where Millions much Come to Die or Intensified what? Genocide. Intensified Genocide. Okay. Yeah. Um, Keep those because it was fucking sick. <laughs> it was yeah. so brutal. Yeah, he punishes himself, but makes it happen. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got a great reaction too, man. It seemed like people were really stoked. Yeah, we um, had been to that venue once before on the Black Daly Murder Whitechapel headliner back in 2018 and even back then it was cool but it's really cool to see how like everything has improved since then for us too um but yeah loved that venue um obviously nice surprise to see you there um but yeah yeah we really liked how that night went for sure you uh you toured with black dahlia and you had trevor appear on a song and Trevor, you know, I mean, at least from what I read, what you guys posted, like Trevor was pretty instrumental in, in helping you guys out, took you on your first tour. Um, you know, just this past Thursday, a few days ago, uh, Trevor passed away. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the, the metal community as a whole was really stunned and shocked and saddened by everything that happened, how you been, how you been holding up with all that stuff? It was definitely very shocking because, you know, a, he just seemed like always smiling, always jolly, always having a good time. So it was, you know, very surprising and shocking, but, um, yeah, like you said, instrumental, um, we, you know, we were just kind of like internet band had played, three shows ever and our agent said, Hey, Black Dolly Murder wants to put you on their tour. And it's like crazy. Blow, you know, blown away because <laughs> that's wild. Still to this day, one of the coolest shows we ever got to do. That the um, one you were just talking about? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. With Whitechapel. Um but we uh, you know, Trevor talked to us throughout the tour and he was basically, uh, I'm pretty much the reason why you guys are here. It's like no, thanks. Did he just go so down much. Like, some demo rabbit hole of your guys and just you know like? I w- I was I kind of like how did you even find out about us? And he was like, 
oh, everyone knows the Backstreet Guys. I'm like, really? Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but, and yeah, uh, like you said, he did uh, feature on a song. So he recorded his vocals for that in my parents' basement. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, he, he came to my parents' house. It was really cool. He met my, our pet bird. Um, he's got a nice little, uh, we have a pet bird. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we got like a, like a nice picture. Like a parakeet. parakeet. Yeah, like a parakeet. Oh, a parakeet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, got a nice picture of him holding it. Um, it's very sweet. Um, and then we shot a music video for the song. Yeah, yeah. And our vocalist like picked him up from his place when he was living in Brooklyn and just, yeah, it was just, he really went above and beyond for us. And we can never really thank him enough. It was really awesome to know him. Um, and I got to see him when the Cannibal Corpse tour hit Georgia, he came out to that and you know, it was just very sad that that was the last time I got to see him. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's fucking shocking, you know? And I, you know, in some ways it's, I, I had him on the podcast about eight months ago and, uh, you know, he had really, he really opened up about being depressed and, and mm-hmm. you know, he was, just coming out of a really dark place, like a really, really dark place. And even still, I think was in that dark place, you know, yeah. like looking back and, and thinking about what was, he said. Um, and I've listened to that podcast even just since he was on here and just going like, you know, he was saying he was better, but then at the same time he was just saying things that were still like, I don't know. I, you know, like you, you want to fucking analyze some fucking conversation you had. And it's like, you know, a million ways could have happened since then. And I don't know what triggered him, but you know, he definitely was, he was doing ketamine therapy, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I've, I've never, I had never heard of it prior to then. So I can't really say anything good or bad about it other than the fact that, you know, ketamine to me, it's like el- it's elephant tranquilizer. Like I used to snort it, right. like the vision of disorder guys back in like the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> get fucking and get literally paralyzed. <laughs> like, like just be at a bar paralyzed in the corner. Like, Oh my God, I'm way too high. <laughs> so, wow. I'll have to try that one day. Yeah. <laughs> if you recommend it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I recommend it. It's, yeah. I just did it, you know, cause I kind of did everything back then, but, uh, I don't know. It was just, uh, he said it helped, you know, he said it helped and he said it mm-hmm. was like helping him kind of make new neural pathways and, you know, kind of helps break old cycles, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, the metal community really came out You know, I, I can't imagine, like, it's gotta be, the band's just gotta be fucking in shock. Like I can't, yeah, what they're going through. Yeah, definitely. That's uh can't imagine that it's easy at all. Did you get, have you did you get pretty close with the rest of the band guys? Have you talked to them since? I had really mostly, you know, it was we're the opening band. Really, just talked to them in passing. Um, didn't get to know the guys super well, but you know, was very impressed as a guitarist by Brandon Ellis's guitar playing. He's a right monster guitar player. Cool. Um, guitar player. But yeah. Um, if I, yeah, I, I can't say I know them too well, but, um, I really do hope they're doing well because it's definitely not easy. Um, so 
what is on the horizon for Shadow of Intent? So we just uh, announced recently we are doing the Ashley Dime 20 year right, tour right, coming right. up. Saw that, yeah. Um, and they just announced yesterday. Uh, fortunately, Josh, who was like one of my favorite guys, he just left the band. Um, yeah, I yeah, I just talked what to him all, yesterday. What was, that, what was all that about? Um, I don't think he's quite ready to talk about it, but um, it's not from the context, it sounded like he had just some other opportunities he wanted to pursue. I know that he runs like a pretty successful studio. They, you know, work on the Bad Wolves records and the oh, Light sure. the Torch records. So they've got some cool stuff going on. Um, so I would imagine he definitely wants to focus on that to some degree. And obviously there's always behind the scenes stuff that maybe we don't all know about, but right. I, I could only imagine that's part of the decision. Um, and they're also getting, so Ryan Neff from Miss Maya is going to fill in for him, which honestly I feel like is the guy to do it. They even like, who, who is it? It's a uh, Miss May eyes bass player and singer. Oh, right, right, right. That kind of looks like Josh too. So I wouldn't be surprised if some fair weather fans, uh, can't tell the difference. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Ken Susie from unearth will be filling on the guitar. Now that Nick has also left the band. Oh, um, holy moly. And Nick also was like, you know, I got sort of close with him. It sucks that, you know, he won't be there either. But uh, I love I always, Yeah. He's the just, best. Yeah. Everyone just has a hundred great stories about him. He's just yeah. a very nice guy. Um, Super nice guy. Sick but um, yeah, definitely a sick guitar player. Um, but I mean, Ken Susie and Ryan Neff, those are obviously one of the best choices, yeah. Yeah. fitting Ken choices Susie, you can Ken really Susie's take. Ask guitar player too. Any um, motherfuckers. And you know, Whitechapel's doing that too, and they were just on that Cannibal Corpse tour. Um, yeah, it's almost like and, the same lineup as the Cannibal tour, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it kind of is. Um, but is there a band before you? Yeah. Uh, so for the first two weeks, it's going to be of Sulfur, which if you know uh, Ricky Hoover. It's his new oh, band. Right. Okay. Um, cool. And then for the rest of the tour, it's Brand of Sacrifice, who's actually on this tour now. So oh, okay. they kind of the tours overlap, so that's why they're arriving late to this tour. Um, oh, and yeah, Brand of yeah. Sacrifice is like the hot band, right? Like they're pretty hot in the yeah, scene. yeah. They uh, I hear they definitely about them. Yeah, they rose up very quickly. They they only have two full links out, but um are getting some really cool opportunities. Um, do the, uh, they do the Shinobi threads, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shibori threads. What is it called? Um, Shibori. Shibori. Yeah. 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 Um, Shibori. Yeah. They, they actually just had like a Forbes article because they, I, I was like, yeah, they, shit. they gross. Yeah. They grossed a million in sales. Uh, I think <laughs> last year. That's cool. Um, but yeah, they, they keep telling me, Oh yeah, we got, Spirit Bucks now, we got Osprey's Red now, we got Dance Gavin Dance now, we got Kill Switch. They just keep getting everyone wants, you know, to do it. And it's really cool that they caught on because they only started it, I think, in the pandemic. So right. everything they're doing kind of just, that's insane. I'd be leaving my band like ASAP if I made a million dollars off of the fucking merch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck. No, they, yeah. No, they love they love, you know, doing the music. Uh yeah. And so the guitar player Leo, uh, who 
doesn't really tour with them. He works for Google, um, but he managed oh, the band. Wow. Yeah, he uh, was, you know, self-managing the band too, but they actually just um, joined up with uh, management a couple weeks ago. They got uh, Jason, who's currently managing Spirit Box. Um, so I guess, and we came as Romans too. Um, cool. So, but yeah. Um, so the, the guitar player who doesn't tour with them joined the management company that manages spirit box. No. So he was managing the band self-managing up oh, to this it. point, okay, gotcha. but now they got that manager who manages. Sorry. Um, and this dude, like he writes like a bunch of stuff, but doesn't want to tour. He, yeah. Um, like a Will Putney kind of guy. Yeah. He writes it and he makes it too. Um, super talented guy, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, hasn't shown a strong desire to tour just yet. Uh, but, and you know, being home is cool when you got a nice job. Nice. Yeah. I mean, if you were girlfriend, whatever. You're making fucking, that's good money right there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we talk like every week we love exchanging ideas. He's a very smart guy. Um, you know, and they, uh, they opened our first tour headliner tour ever, but I could just tell that, they weren't going to be opening tours for very long. Right. Um, they just got it all together. They got the branding, they got the music, they got, they know what they're doing for sure. Right. Um, and the vocal co-headlining with thy art is murder. Uh, after the burial is co-headlining. Oh, right, right. That's who it is. Yeah. I saw the tour. Um, and they're, and they're opening the tour. Um, but I'm sure, uh, they, they actually just did direct support for Chelsea Grin a couple uh, months ago. So, you know, depending on the bill, they they're pretty good on the line. Right on. Did, um, and I, I saw you guys did like a you did a collab with them, right? Which the band Sacrifice thing. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, How'd that go? Our first, our first. It was honestly the best selling merch design, at least you know for something that's only up for a week uh, that we've ever had. Uh, it was insane. Was, uh, why so is it only up for a week? So Shibori's thing is very much like limited, like limited run, get it while you can. Okay. And that's kind of their brand. It's like, they don't really have like, get this from our site whenever it's like, Hey, you can only get this collection of four bands this week and then it's gone forever. Okay, so gotcha. get it while you can. All right. So that's probably, you know, next time getting the biggest names in metal, it helps to, uh, only be available for it's a almost like time. supreme like almost like supreme does right like right right up for a week and then like that's it yeah so they obviously know what they're doing there too so cool but yeah i'm glad we got to do that and um ben our vocalist is on a song on their album that they have out um i don't remember the song title off the top of my head but uh it's one of the guests on the album so yeah they have uh definitely become very good friends and right. um yeah, and uh, rumor has it they might even be on another tour with us getting an soon. Cool. Yeah. If, um, I mean, it must feel good to like, you know, you're going out with Whitechapel, so you've already broed down with them a couple times now. So like. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to do our third tour with them. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a little more fun to tour when everyone's bros. Um, What's the guitar player for Whitechapel? Uh, the one that wears the cowboy boots. <laughs> I think he, I, I, I uh, talked to him about that. He said he stopped wearing them, but um, Brandon Savage. Yes. 
super nice guy. Super nice guy. Fucking yeah. ripping dude. Like ripping guitar player. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah. Hey, cool. We broke down at that, at that show. We were hanging out. I was hanging out. I mean, that guitar, that tour was like, the, everybody was a fucking shredder of death. <laughs> like, yeah, David Davidson. You had that dude, Brandon Savage. You had you. <laughs> fucking, I was like, fucking Christ. Yeah, and even a uh, Revocations filling guy, uh, Noah. He just insane guitar player. Uh, I hope they keep him around. Um, because you know, backstage, you guys, all, you guys all jam at like any point and have, like a shred off. <laughs> Kind of. Uh, Dave and I both brought practice amps to the green rooms and, you know, Dave kind of just blows everyone out of the water. But uh, it's it's just, you know, I've gotten really into like guitar technique lately and studying different players. And it was really cool just seeing how efficient everything is with him. Um, but yeah, we, we would do some pass guitar back and forth, try stuff out. There wasn't like a big jam per se but it was a lot of like passing back and forth warming up for the set and playing some stuff um and yeah it was just really cool to be around all those great guitar players and even you know being our first tour with revocation they really were very easy to get along with we all kind of became friends with them pretty quickly um so always nice to have guys like that around you yeah eric and rob from cannibal are both fucking killer too Yes. Um, Eric Town's fucking badass. Yeah. Eric, fucking Eric. Not, and that doesn't, not to take anything away from Rob, but Eric Town is fucking a really yeah. sick guitar player. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got the whole James Hetfield power thing going on. He's just massive jackhammer of right hand. And right. He got those Slayer whammy tricks going on with the right. solos. It's just, right, right. it's a good time. I'm not, super familiar with all their music, but uh, it's definitely a very impressive show they put on. And, you know, with Zero Production, they didn't take a light rig. They didn't take anything. Yeah, they were a very stripped-down show. Even on, like, when they got on stage, they're just kind of, like, ringing out. They're they're not about, like, an intro sample or anything like that. They're right. just, hey, we're here to play our songs and Come spin blood. our heads. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very cool to see that kind of attitude because um, usually, you know, everyone's about the intro sample, spotlight, walk on, but they they just are ready to rock right away. Yeah, I mean, so much music now too has like you know like samples in it. You know, like a lot yeah. of modern bands have you know segues in between songs and you know, which is good. Yeah. Like I like that bands are thinking in those terms. You know, I, well, you know what drives me crazy when a fucking band goes on and does song break song break you know like song talk songs i'm like just play you know do the slayer and play three songs in a row like just yeah you know like, yeah just fucking keep on punching me <laughs> just awkward silence between every song yeah, yeah. That, or just um, talking like they got to like hey so more you know more rock talk or whatever the fuck they're gonna say. yeah <laughs> yeah we're definitely we try to be conscious of that um for sure because you know, don't want that dead space. Want to keep the energy in the crowd up and just, you know, give the best performance every day, you know? Where are you guys all from originally? So Ben uh, was from Westerly, Rhode Island, and I was from West Hartford, Connecticut. And he just moved to Connecticut and I just moved to New York. Um, and then our drummer 
Uh, it's actually from around like here, New York Dallas. City, like New York City proper. No, I'm like 75 minutes. I'm still pretty close to Connecticut. I'm kind of right over the border. Um, but our drummer was from Dallas, Texas, and he just moved up to Connecticut. Oh. And our bass player uh, is from Long Island. So very much like a Northeast band at this point. Um, do, you, do you guys get together to rehearse? Or is it like kind of everybody's rehearsing on their own? I kind of have a very poor attitude about that because, you know, <laughs> being, being a manager, I'm like very, you know, business minded. And I'm like, I feel like we only need to practice like two or three days before tour and that's it. Cause like everyone just learn your shit on your own time. The practice is more to make sure that the in-ear rig is still working. The MIDI guitar changes are lining up, uh, okay. uh, Cause I feel, cause you know, we, everything's to the click. So as long as everyone is, you know, doing their shit right, it kind of works out. Um, yeah, I, I, I am sort of jealous of people that, you know, are like, oh, we don't need a click. We'll just feel it out. They write their songs together in a room. And I, I guess my brain just never thought like that. I'm like, as long as you're, you know, tight and the songs are good, that's, what matters to me, but, um, it's really cool to see bands, you know, writing and like, are you familiar with, uh, Arcspire? Mm-hmm. They have band practice apparently like four or five times a week or something nuts like that. Even if they're not about to go on tour and they, I guess, write like that too. And it's right. You know, they're some of the best musicians I've ever seen, uh, in metal, but, um, you know, I guess for us to have practice, that often I don't really see the benefits. I would say like, Oh, we should just write better songs in that time or work on other stuff. Um, me personally, I, you know, my free time, I kind of just am working with other bands. Um, since I've, you know, built the whole studio, I'm like, why not work with other bands in it if I have the time to. Right. Um, so yeah, we don't really get together and rehearse that much. We just started, working together a little more in the writing though. Um, Cause for pretty much every album, I'll just write instrumental, send it to Ben. He puts vocals on it. Uh, Bryce uh, retracts the drums with a little of his embellishments. Uh, at, least initially, on- though, at least initially though, it was just like drum programs at, for, at first. Right? Yeah. The so, first two albums yeah. are not only the drums, but uh, the bass I programmed as well. Programmed um, it. Oh, you didn't play it. Okay. Yeah, but the the third, fourth, and kind of from now on, the bass is. I've got like this nice Ernie Ball Stingray. Don't tell Ebenis. Now they know. Um, but the Ernie Ball Stingray is a really cool bass, I think. Um, but yeah, we uh, kind of the same thing. But um, I'm like, all right, you know, let's have everyone you, in the room. You and, and you and Ben kind of collaborated the most, essentially. Yeah, kind of like the whole time. It's, you know, the first two albums, especially where we don't even have real drums going on. It's been uh, us two doing the the majority of everything. He kind of does vocals. I do the music. And then if I'm stuck musically or he's stuck vocally, we try to help each other out. But um, cool. now... Uh, that you do it, but you don't do it in person. 
You just do it. Um, like you're not getting together and, and vocally, change. vocally, we do do it in person. Okay. Um, cause I, stuff gets lost in translation. I just, it's nice to know exactly where he's stuck and why he's stuck and right. You know, go back and forth because I could suggest something and he could just be like, nah, I don't like that either. I'm like, right, all right. right. So it's better to be able to go back and forth. It just works out a lot better. Um, I could see, but, that. uh, but uh, there's one song on our third album called Grave Singer where I had like written this whole elaborate intro. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And he's just like, oh, just go. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I bounced off that and wrote the rest of the song. So it was nice that I, you know, wasn't stuck on the song. And he just, all he had to do was send me a little voice memo. Right. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but yeah, now uh, we had the other two guys in for one of the last writing sessions just to get a little more feedback, a little more energy because I don't know. I'm just not used to it. I'm very used to writing the music and everyone's just like, yeah, that sounds good. And no one wants anything to change, but when they're, you know, in the room with you, maybe they're more inclined to feel like they can suggest a change. Um, right. And I, and I like to think I'm not like controlling, like no one else is allowed to write. It's more just um, can we all agree on something we all like and right. uh, you know you know how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure the machine head writing process. I don't actually don't know anything about the machine head writing process, but um, I assume like you have a pretty heavy hand. I mean, I write I write the lion's share for sure, mm-hmm. but that's just because I'm always writing. You know, like I'm just writing and writing and writing and writing and, you know, probably half the riffs get thrown out, but then the other half yep. stuff that I am left with stays. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. So it's not, so, not so different. You just do guitars and vocals. Yeah. I guess that's the main difference. Yeah. Um, that's really and can, cool. And I can like, I can hear, like, I can't program drums. Like, I guess you can program drums, like, Right, but I, hear, but I can hear drums in my head. Like when I write to something, like I have the drum beat in my head. Like I know mm-hmm. what the drums to do. So, and I just have to either explain it to my drummer or ask. You know, in modern times now, I would just have Zach, my engineer, program it and just be like, "Hey, you know, program this." Like and like kind of hear what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, are you kind of like writing in person a lot of the time, um, like in a room with the drummer? Yeah. I'd, okay. Uh, not all the time. I mean, in the past, that would have been the case for sure. You know, like certainly an album like The Blackening or Through the Ashes, that would have just been the drummer and I sitting in the room for hours and hours on end, months and months on end, just working on little details and try this, try that. Let's try this. What about if I flip the riff upside down or, you know, you play the drum roll backwards or whatever, you know, just to like make it come together. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, uh, the the drummer in Currents just wanted me to make sure to mention just how much he loves the black man. Yeah, right on. And obviously, obviously me too. Um, it's just, that's awesome. That's like one of my most played albums ever. It's just right on. Dude. Anyway, not a, that was, not, that not was very surprising to me. I didn't, exp- when you said that to me the other night of the show, I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> I did. I didn't, you know, sometimes I don't know like how yeah. many people like playing, you know, super brutal death metal or listening to Machine Head because we're not super brutal death yeah. metal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that album in particular was just brought a little extra melody, a little extra aggression, uh, 
you know, very fast style and very right. memorable riffs. It just uh, definitely inspired me a lot um, to just, you know, keep guitar solos and shallow intense music. Um, Killer. Yeah. The droppy range. Just, yeah, it, it all works so well. So but you guys are in drop B shadow of intent. So we, a lot of our stuff is in B flat. Um, but starting on the third album, we started doing some drop B songs. Um, okay. The my reasoning for that is kind of so funny. B flat just, standard as in like all the strings are tuned to B flat. No, it's, it's, it's all a drop. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and it was just because I think I watched a YouTube video a few years ago. So I'm like listening to our first album and they're like, all the songs are in the same key. I'm like, well, I I still want to use all the shapes that I use. Maybe if I just change the tuning, it's technically in a different key, but I'm not really doing anything different. So that's like a little life hack. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's funny. Like a lot of the reason it's tuned a certain way is just because of the vocalists range anyway. Right. And I don't always even think about that. I just think of how the music sounds. Um, but yeah, you know. Do you so you have different tunings and currents? Yeah, currents. Most of the stuff is in dropped E, and most people say, "Oh, eight string." I'm like, "No, it's a seven string." I the eight string is just too much for me. Right. Um, and then a lot of the songs are in drop G sharp, which is you know just higher. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> currents has a new album coming out. Uh, some at some point, um, and that's gonna have a lot of drop S. Um, cool. S- same reasoning. It's just like I got tired of hearing everything in the same key, and I'm like, let's just change this, and yeah. everything's in a no, new key all of a sudden. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like a lost art, you know, key changes and you know different tunings. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I always admired about Slayer. Like the songs were always in just the most random fucking keys, fit, fourth fret, sixth fret, third fret, you know, like for like the whole songs on the first fret. Yeah. You know, you know, just shit like that. Like you don't really hear that. And you know, you don't really know unless you're playing guitar to it, you don't really understand that that's what you're hearing. You're just hearing changes happening. Yeah. I think cannibal corpse kind of a similar thing too, is I don't even know if those songs really are in a key. Um, it's like a, like a kind of like a chromatic style where like, it's never going to sound melodic. And that's kind of the point, I guess is it's, I guess more aggressive if there's not really a melody and it's all just sludgy chugging and ripping crazy solos. Like to write like a cannibal corpse or Slayer solo, I feel like I don't have the brain for, and I kind of wish I did. Um, Cause it's very, you know, controlled chaos. Yeah. Um, your, your playing sounds very melodic to me. Like, you know, even the yeah. stuff that you guys have is very melodic. Not maybe not the riffs, like when the fucking heavy shit's going, but like when you go into a solo, like it's fucking lots of arpeggios and, you know, minor notes. And- yeah. Um, I guess I just really love that sound. Um, I, whenever I would like play a note that's not, you know, quote in key, I'm like, Ooh, I can't, I can't play that. I need to stay in key. So I'm slowly. Are you, are, you, are your parents musical? Like, are you trained? So, at all? Yeah. yeah. My, my mom is a violin player. She plays in a symphony and my dad is a music teacher at oh, a couple wow. schools. Um, 
so yeah, they had me playing piano from very early age. Um, and then they tried working in cello for me, but that didn't really agree with me. Um, and so I kind of dropped cello and I kind of dropped piano too, uh, to play guitar. Um, and they at first weren't super thrilled because, you know, classical and I instantly was like trying trying to play uh, all the guitar hero songs. Cause that's kind of what got me into it. Um, okay, okay. so I like just found Metallica and Slipknot and disturbed. And even, uh, when I got guitar hero Metallica that had a beautiful morning right. off of the blackening. Right. Right. Um, so that obviously played a role in, um, my early metal. So yeah, I never really was interested in playing classical guitar my dad gave me one or two pieces of music that i kind of learned but i was like uh it's no metallica <laughs> um but you're not listening to metallica when you're super young are you like what are you listening to when you're super young i mean you're so, obviously exposed to a lot of classical music if your mom's yeah. playing violin in a symphony and your dad's teaching what you're, what exactly is your dad teaching oh man i don't want to get it wrong like, uh because i've never theory, actually or like I'm sure he must teach some theory. Uh, I know he does teach bass and I know he conducts sometimes. Um, so I actually, I need to clarify that with him okay. um, <laughs> before I say no, the wrong yeah, don't worry thing. About it. Yeah. Um, I know my mom's going to hear this and she's going to text me what he actually teaches. That's <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. Um Cause she's very, she's very savvy with everything now. She knows all the bands. Um, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. She takes, she takes a good interest. It's, it's cool. Does, um, she, does, she, does your mom get uh death metal now? Like she probably, probably didn't get it at first, right? She's probably like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah. Probably more than she did 10 years ago. Um, she definitely like appreciates the complexity of like what shadow intent does. Um, I don't know if, she, I think she like, checks out bands just to know what the hype's about, but I don't know if she'd actually like listen to it in her free time for fun. But, um, yeah, she likes to stay educated in what's going on. Um, but yeah, they're, they're musical, very into classical. I think my dad even is into jazz too. Um, and even my brothers, my little brother's like amazing piano player, amazing violin and trumpet player. Wow. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely an outlier in that way, but I still stuck with music, just very different from the conventional, um, you know, go be a music major somewhere. And I could see though, like why, uh, why, why that controlled chaos of a Slayer or a cannibal corpse would be hard for you. Cause you're so like, <laughs> you know, like having so many classical music around, like the notes gotta be, you know, pitch perfect and stuff like that right right and just like even like placing the dives where they do if i was to like put like a crazy dive bomb in half my solo i'd be i would just be confused i'd be like i would try to like make it exactly like four beats or eight beats or something yeah and make sure it dips exactly i don't know I'm not. We need to get you listening to like Poison Idea or something or some like old punk rock that. Right, <laughs> right. Just total chaos. And not been, in time and not in key and but yeah. a beautiful just attitude and fucking. Exactly. An answer to your question though, I think I like the youngest I remember, 
I would probably be listening to the Beatles. Okay. Um, I was definitely like super into the Beatles uh, just because their CDs were in the house. Um, if I was listening to classical, I couldn't tell you what any of it was called. And I probably wasn't choosing to listen to it. It was just kind of playing. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was your Beatles jams? Like, what were you listening to? Like, what was your song? Like, what, um, Peppers? Or was it like, I want to hold Yeah, Sergeant... Sergeant Peppers was a CD that I played a lot. Abbey Road got played a lot. Magical Mystery weird, Tour. That's a strange record, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the records I listened to were after they stopped touring and just became like a crazy studio band with crazy ideas. And that was kind of like the Beatles I knew was just super experimental doing these, you know, revolutionary things um right, right. like i'm the walrus i was always just so fascinated by that song all the little samples coming in um but yeah i always, always really liked that band i've been listening to them as much after i found metal because metal kind of like raised the bar of music for me um but the beatles are still i love the beatles yeah, I fucking love the Beatles, and I love Sergeant Pepper. I love Sergeant Pepper's, especially like the little collage song at the end. You know, like woke up, got out of bed, yeah, right, the a day in the life, but yeah, just, just all the fucking weirdness of that whole song just together is such a fucking yeah. I remember there's being a, a kid listening to it, like this is the weirdest song I've ever listened. Yeah, to. <laughs> there, there's a uh, two like interlude parts of the songs where the violins are doing something like really scary, like really right. intense and scary. It's like, oh man. This, it's scary, but then they end it with that big piano chord. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, classic stuff. And it fucking um, rocks. Like even now, like if I want to fucking like, I'm getting drunk and I want to put on something just simple that rocks. Like, dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. It was yeah. 20 years ago today. You know, like it's just such a fucking. It's such a just hard rocking song. The, the title track. Yeah, yeah. I really just massive respect to that band. They were definitely a favorite. Um, I think in middle school, I had, you know, the radio would be on. So the quote pop uh, contemporary hits were on. So whatever, in 2006, I think it was like Fergie or Eminem or right. whatever. Whatever right. was popular 2006 to 2008, that was just kind of yeah, I could when see getting Eminem. driven to like school. Every, like every kid, you know, loved Eminem, you know? Like. Yeah. So I was definitely exposed to that too. And I never like went on my way to listen to it, but it was being played. Um, but I, you know, got my first iPod and really started searching for music after Guitar Hero. And I was like, you know, the most genuinely interested I'd ever been in music was after that. Um, even like, I did, I forgot to mention Disturbed was on there. You did, yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. And yeah. to this day, like... Uh, that first record? The, the sickness is just insane uh uh the song stupefied just still gets played so much it's just insane like even like the detail you, on the like bass, you, play it, you play it so much or it gets played so much like over the radio no i i personally go on spotify yeah. and put it on my playlists because nice. every even like David's voice, the way he adds that distortion. Because mm -hmm. I know you you have a way of adding distortion to your voice. I really like it. He kind of does a more polished, melodic way of doing that. Um, that I think is really cool. Um, yeah, those, guys, those guys were pretty influenced by Machine Head too. You know, like I, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you kind of like, hear it um, if you think about it. You know. Yeah, I feel like. Um, 
the first band I remember seeing in Drop B was Machine Head. Um, I don't know exactly who did what first, but for me that that was like yeah, they just took like yeah, they took they took elements of our sound and then just write mm-hmm. nice short songs that were aimed at radio and fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> way past insane. Machine Head. <laughs> As I, I was just talking to, I don't know if you've met him yet, a current manager's named Scott Lee. Um, he used to book Metal Harker Fest in uh, the Worcester Palladium. The what? Oh, Metal and Harker uh, Fest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, owns yeah. Sound, Rank, Sound Rank, the VIP company. Uh, okay, cool. But we were, we were like, what are the biggest metal bands in the U.S.? And obviously we were like, Taka, Slipknot, uh, what about Disturbed? And he's like, oh, I think that's active rock. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. But it was, it was like a fun question to ponder because now everything is so blurred. It's like even a falling in reverse or bringing the horizon. It's like, it's kind of metal, but it's got a right. lot of stuff that's definitely not metal in it. So. Right. For sure. Or like Lincoln park, even it's like, it's, I used to get so caught up in it when I was young. It was like, Oh, this band's metal. This band's not metal. But now it's like a lot of bands are just have elements of metal and elements of other stuff. And so you don't really need to label them. They're just kind of purposely blending different genres. And it's, yeah, I mean like falling in innovative falling in reverse has got like a gent riff and then some rapping and then like, a you know, a fucking giant pop hook. <laughs> like, yeah. A, you know, link, it could be on a fucking, you know, offspring record. Yeah. You know? And falling in reverse even had like these crazy guitar solos with like neoclassical sweeps and just, definitely like a metal concept it's just when you hear the chorus you're like oh this is like more like pop punk or something but um but that i mean time for music you know in that sense it's a trippy time you know like yeah not not that far removed from the lincoln park time who were obviously blending rap and melodic stuff as well as metal (sighs) the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. But again, like coming from like a business mindset, and that's like tricky, you know, being manager and writer of the music it's like i don't know if one viewed jades with the other like (laughs) it's it's a that's a tricky but i'm like i at least have the mindset like the people that innovate are gonna do the best um so not rehashing stuff that already exists but rather maybe taking elements of different things and making something new out of it um instead of you know being the second of a band that already exists. Um, and I think, you know, a band like Slipknot or Lincoln Park kind of speaks to that point where like they were never, let's just be thrash metal and nothing else, or let's just be this thing and nothing else. They're like, let's right, right. take 10 different things and tastefully put it into one thing and Slipknot, maybe like 30 different things, you know, <laughs> like right. it's crazy the stuff that they do. Yeah. Is that a Testament shirt you're wearing? It is. Um, that 
that band did not make it onto Guitar Hero, but um, always thought their stuff was really cool, especially those first two albums. And oddly, uh, their later stuff I actually really like. Um, I think they like his voice, Chuck's voice got heavier. He's like right. pretty much screaming now. Um, it sounds really good. And um, we got them on one of our songs uh, on the new album. Oh, it's yeah. called uh, yeah, Blood on the Sands of Time. Chuck yeah. Billy. Cool. Yeah, Chuck Billy. Yeah. Um, I'm just always thought maybe they should have been part of the big four, but for whatever reason, didn't get associated with that. But yeah, I think they're great band. They were kind of like the second wave of thrash. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were just late. Kind of, yeah, their first album was maybe 86, 87. Yeah. So maybe they just missed the boat on that. Um, like those bands, that those all those other bands were like on their third albums at that point. Okay. So I guess that kind of speaks to that point of they weren't really an innovator. They were like when I listened to. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they, I think that they innovated, you know, they certainly brought like that real, there wasn't, there was no real like sweeping melodic arpeggiated guitar solo type stuff in thrash at that point. So I really think that you're, Alex, you're Alex right. I will that. say, I will say like thinking of, uh, the legacies guitar solos, uh, even over the wall. It, he got really melodic and sweepy in a way yeah. that, uh, and there was nothing really like there. Nobody was doing yeah. that. Yeah, Metallica and Megadeth were not because he was really getting doing you know, that. he's getting trained by Joe Satriani. Okay, so, like he comes in as this young kid, like and everybody's like, yep. "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, that. And I guess Marty Friedman was not part of their original Megadeth lineup, so we can't really credit that either. But he he was kind of doing that. But like Rust in Peace wasn't until the nineteen ninety. Right, I saw that the other day. It's like '90s albums, and Rust in Peace was on there, and I was like, "Rust in Peace is '90, really?" And I look it up. I'm like, "Oh, is it?" I thought it was like '88 or '89. Yeah, I would have thought '88. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You want to know something? You want to think about something crazy? Hold on, let me. I gotta look this up now. I gotta put my glasses on. Hold on a sec. What is this? Rust in Peace. You're right. 1990. Holy shit. Yeah, That's right. It, I don't remember January it being 1990. 1st, I don't, you know what? That might not be right. It's just January 1st. Nobody releases a fucking record on New Year's. Yeah, right. This is not right. Let me look. Let me look on Apple. Sometimes they've got it better. The date correct. And I think uh, uh, I should know the name of the album. I know it. Uh, but the Symphony of Destruction album um, was probably like 91, 92. <laughs> it says. It says the same date there. That's wild. You ever play Wordle? That's nuts. You ever play Wordle, that, that game, Wordle? I haven't, but I've seen people posting about it. I'm fucking completely addicted to that game. I have, <laughs> I have to scroll. I have to open a new page on my phone just because I'm not going to leave my Wordle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yet today. <laughs> no, I have to give it a shot. It's pretty good. But yeah, I definitely never thought of that album as a 90s album. No. It, I, I was like, oh yeah, that, that came out when Master Puppets came out. You're right. It's fucking no. Here it actually says September 24th, 1990. Right. Wow. And then yeah, to Extinction nice. is July 14th, 1992. And what? Burn My Eyes was 90... 94. 94. Yeah. yeah. August 94. Yeah, so it's and weird that those albums... Asia. Weird that those albums are so close together to me. 
because your your stuff is very much like leading the new wave of American heavy metal. Right. And then you have that and that's 90. Like it seems like a different era of totally. I'm so I'm surprised by that. Like I didn't yeah. together. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what's interesting though? You think about like think about like and I, I trip on this. I, I had a conversation with my friend about this. Like the Beatles. 1963 is the first Beatles album. Yep. To 1970. Yep. All I think, that music. Or is it 71? I, one of those, but I, I think that, and they stopped touring after just they a stopped, few years. Yeah, they stopped touring after, yeah, six, I want to say like 66, right after yeah. Virgin Peppers. It just, which could be so accomplished within a decade, within less than a decade. Less than a decade, yeah. That's that's nuts. It's kind of like the equivalent of going viral today, just without any of those tools. Right. Yeah. Like I trip on the fact. Yeah. I want to say the first, yeah. First record, please, please me. And granted they had a bunch of singles out and they'd been a band for a while before this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And singles were the thing back then. Like nobody really records were like an afterthought, but first record is 63 second record in 1963 next two albums, 19 hard days, night Beatles for sale, 1964. I mean, two records a year, every year for the first (laughs) four years, they're a band. It's a fucking lot of music. Yeah. And something funny is when I was listening to them, I, I thought, yeah, if I had a band, I would release the albums that often too. I don't know why bands are taking two years to release albums. Right. And now that I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, I guess I kind of get it. You kind of do it though. You're like, you're doing currents. And yeah. That's the thing that, is, like, I guess. Yeah. You know what? I stayed true to my promise. I, and I'm like <laughs> co-writing and producing other bands albums. So I'm really, I really am. But do you think about problems. that 1963 to 1970, all of that music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a crazy amount of music that we still are analyzing and dissecting and trying to just figure the fuck what they were fucking doing. Yeah. Like, like two things. Uh, there's that uh, documentary get back. They just put out. I haven't um, seen that. I started watching. I, ha- it. I couldn't uh, get past all the Yoko bullshit. It's literally Sam. Um, I, I got like 20, 30 minutes in, but it's just them shitting out masterpieces in seconds. And it's insane. But yeah, I, I did like a little summer course at Berkeley um, when I was in high school. And even then they're like dissecting Beatles songs and being like this, this chord, this chord, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> it's like just wow. such a lasting impact on music. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. I mean, it's eternal. I mean, to be a band, you know, to just put out in seven years, you know, that's probably the length of time you've been a band, you know? Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty much. I think, especially considering Shadow Intent didn't even play our first show till 2017. Okay. Um, but we, you know, existed on the internet in 2014. So yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. And then, um, and then here's another one I trip off of Black Sabbath. 1970 to 1978. That's the Aussie era. So, you know, eight years, all those, you know, and really I'm going to say, cause I hate technical ecstasy. I think that record sucks and I don't like never say die at all. So I'm going to say the, the best Sabbath records, you know, albums one through six, that's 1970. That's five years. Yeah. I should know <laughs> this, six, but, did they go right to Dio or was there another guy? 
Yeah, no, they, awesome. they went right to Dio. Yeah, so okay. 1978's the last record, and then 1980's Dio, Heaven and Hell. And then he's okay. 81, and then after that, they get a bunch of other singers. And yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, even like Ozzy's solo career after that, that probably went pretty quick too. Yeah. Um, it's just wild to me, like all of that fantastic, you know, even Metallica, you look at like 83 to 90 is kill them all, ride the lightning, master of puppets and justice for all the EP and the black album. <laughs> 70 yeah. You know, like, yeah. Just literal nonstop, just hard work, commitment, dedication, all that. It's, yeah, you know, and super collection cool of collection of minds that just, you know, worked. Yeah, just work. Exactly. Crazy, you know, timeless music. Yeah, I remember listening to Metallica and listening to other music, and I'm like, ah, Metallica riffs just sound like that's how it was meant to be written. Like this was like the correct way to like write a riff, and <laughs> right. no one else. And it's, I don't know if that's illogical. It just how I felt. Just like you know, battery or one it's just like oh yeah that's like a perfect riff you can't like ever recreate something like that but now that i've like listened to so much music since then i don't know there's just so much different music now and metallica again is like not always in a key sort of like we're talking about slayer cannibal corpse um but they didn't sound as I don't know if dissonant is the word or what, but, right. um, right. It's still, about. there's still always yeah. a classical element to it, you know? Yeah. Especially the early records. Cause of cliff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's um, the first, what's the first death metal that you start listening to? So where I'm in, uh, the car with my mom driving to school one day and she had like a brief subscription to Sirius XM. So, I was like, oh, let's put on liquid metal. Let's see what they got. And there's a band called Naraxis from Canada. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, I think one or two of those guys ended up being in Despised Icon for a bit. Oh, okay. But um, and I, I'll just never forget. There was like a blast beat. And my mom was like, oh, that's not so impressive. He's just going like this with two hands, like on the snare. I'm like, oh, no, mom. He's going like one hand on the snare and the other hand on a cymbal. Um, it just, I love that your mom's listening to death metal. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she'll put up with it. Yeah. I like to think that maybe she'd grown some kind of ear for it. Um, but um, yeah, that was the first one um, that I heard. And... I think the next band I just really like, liked. That was the first time you heard death vocals, like, oh, do, do, like that. Kind exactly. Of I, I literally thought someone was like talking into a machine and it was just making their voice sound like that. I had no idea that, that was like all in like the throw in the vo- vocal cords or whatever. Um, and then Decrepit Birth, I think was like the band after Neuraxis. I was just definitely really into. Uh, they're just kind of like, I don't know if you know Samus. Paulicella, the YouTuber. Um, it's like oh, a dumb yeah, guy. Yeah, the um, guy. Yeah, he yeah. In, yeah, um, he plays in a dude's band. Um, yes, he's killer. He's funny. He does all the, the, fart, he does the fart videos. I think so. Yeah, the Clever Birth was like his band. Um, oh, okay. I think, and he doesn't tour with them or anything anymore. But um, yeah, just insane band. Um, but pretty quickly, I 
you know, got exposed to the deathcore side, like the Spies Icon, I think was the first one I checked out and, uh, Suicide Silence, Whitechapel, that stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I liked both sides of it. Um, but it was interesting to see how like divided people were on them. Like I had a good amount of elitist friends who were like, oh, deathcore is awful. Why don't they just play the song without the breakdowns or without the the extra stuff that doesn't matter? Just keep it to the riffs and the solos. And then there's the other side of people that are like, love deathcore. And then when you try to show them death metal, they just get bored. They don't get it. Right. Um, like, there's no breakdowns. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely a goal of my music for Shadow Intent was just how can I kind of please both sides to some degree. Okay. And I don't know if I like ended up watering anything down, but we, we thought it was cool. So we yeah. just tried to be like a less core deathcore band or a more yeah. I modern guess I can, I guess I can hear the suicide silence influence in you now that I think about it. You know what I mean? Like that's, they were so influential. I mean, they were just fucking icons of that scene, you know, like, they yeah, were fucking, they were fucking huge. <laughs> like, it was crazy how big they, that band was at one point. Yeah. I think, I think of all the deathcore bands, I'd probably give it to Whitechapel for being the most influential because they weren't afraid to like throw in those little melodic leads right, and right. Um, those rapid vocals and stuff. Um, so I thought Silence was a cool one. Um, they're again, like more of like a chromatic band. They're never like playing in a key. They're just aiming to be super heavy all the time. Um, but that was actually Mitch was time. like Mitch was a fucking badass front man. Yeah. That's where like he was just a fucking beast. I have like it's sort of a memory, but I was on my way to see Machine Head at the Palladium and we're walking up that hill and I see Mitch in his bus and he just gives me a little nod. I'm oh, like, right. guys, guys, oh, yeah, Mitch yeah, just nod. Guys, Mitch just nodded at me. <laughs> like I never never got to talk to him, but um that was oh hold on. All good. Um, how do I close this? Uh, I'm just getting a call. I'm just going to wait. You can hear me still, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'm just going to let that call go. Um, but yeah, um, really, really cool band, really cool frontman. And he definitely set a very high bar for like what a frontman should be and do on stage and stuff like that. Um, and you don't see a lot of guys like you that can play guitar and do the vocals at the same time. Um, and it's, you know, it's yeah, honestly, I felt, like, I felt like, like when I watched your, I watched an earlier video when you guys were, uh, like your singer had short hair, I think it was the same mm-hmm. singer, right? Yeah. 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 He kind of had like a Mitch vibe to me. He was kind of doing a couple of the Mitch moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, he, he very much prefers to get compared to the death metal people than death core uh, people, but uh, right. hopefully he, he takes, takes I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that about him now. I'm just yeah. like, watching that video. Right. Right. You, know, you yeah, guys are absolutely. pretty young. Like I'm sure you're just, you know, like Mitch was the fucking baddest front man <laughs> in fucking metal. Yeah. Like, no, I don't, could you not don't, be influenced by him? You know? Yeah. Yeah. As a young up and coming band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, set a really cool standard um and then who else was doing he was just cool he was just a cool dude dude you you never got a chance to meet him i didn't know um 
but like now I've met uh, Mark and Dan Kenny, their new drummer, Ernie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, just a super sweet guy. And he told me, you know, some of his memories of Mitch and it, it was really, you know, cool to see just everything. Uh, And I'll always remember that. uh, Always smoking weed. All like that motherfucker really? smokes so much, like always on mushrooms, <laughs> always smoking. <laughs> like, fucking. Yeah, just like to have a good time. He did. Yeah, it's, he it's funny. He drank a little bit, but he was like smoke weed like a motherfucker. It's funny. Imagine that from like a, a tour manager perspective. It's like, dude, are you going to be on time today? Are you going to are you going to be awake? Is there, are you going to show up and just yeah, just no, he was just like he was just like a rock and roller. You know what I mean? Like yeah he lived that rock and roll fucking life 24 i mean anytime you walked into around them he was just had a huge joint he's like, what's <laughs> up dude <laughs> super, he's super mellow super cool you know like funny yeah charming, that's charming guy yeah um yeah i wish i i wish i did get to meet him i remember where i was uh, i think i was freshman in college walking back from class and we got the the news about the motorcycle thing and right. you know again just didn't expect that to happen but the support from the scene was like insane and the memorial show right was re- really cool to see um i tell you what that memorial show was awesome and fucking phil bozeman from Whitechapel. Dude, yeah. his version of that fucking song, I was fucking blown. I was like, holy shit. His voice was fucking savage. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, he fucking destroyed that shit. Yeah, I remember Nothing for against years. Else, but like, yeah. He fucking killed it. No, for years, that was like the one vocal, like vocal song that everyone was like, yeah, Phil Bozeman's version of that Suicide Sound song. Gotta, gotta yeah, check that out. Ever. Yeah. Um, I remember watching it just being like, oh my fucking God, like this dude's voice is nuts. Yeah. Seeing like Randy Blythe do one too was, yeah, that just was nuts. Just with Randy. Cause I play guitar yeah. songs. So that was fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, extensively watched it did you end up did you end up doing vocals for one of them or you just i did i did a i did an acoustic song for him okay it was a black sabbath song off of uh heaven and hell called die young and so i did me and mark did an acoustic song for mitch and i sang that acoustically and then i played guitar on you only live once awesome awesome that was a rager you know the last song of the night was like you know fucking yeah just sounds like a crazy crazy show um it was wild it was a wild show it was awesome it was a fucking it was a pretty special night man like everybody it's very emotional you know like the fucking you know the fucking video that they played before this whole show was just heartbreaking you're like fuck you know like it wasn't a dry eye in the audience like everybody's like oh my god (laughs) like fucking yeah i can imagine really well it was really you know it was a touching tribute yep just and um back to the the death metal thing i think black dahlia murder again was like one of the earlier ones along with uh because the melodic death metal side i feel like was very important to um to us like uh soil work and in flames were some other cool ones right on and um i actually like had um one of the old members of our band were like 
soil works like a melodic death metal band. It's like, nah, bro, they're a metalcore band. <laughs> what? Nah, they're not a metalcore band. Yeah, they, they had, you know, a lot of their stuff, they'll do like the sing chorus and scream verse type thing. And so right. sometimes people are just like, oh, that means it's metalcore because they do that. Mm. But then it's like, oh, does that make Opeth metalcore? <laughs> right. Do you get? Do you guys party? Like, are you guys all ragers or you keep it pretty chill on tour? We, so the guys all love uh, the, the joint doinks, the... The THC stuff. Um, I'm. I've gotten. I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Um, but obviously, if it's like, oh, you could do this with like your idol, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'll do it then. But as far as like just waking up every day and being high, um, I just wouldn't enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say people are like raging partiers because no one is like getting trashed every night. But, um, you know, and you get a lot of responsibility, you especially. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I probably couldn't if I wanted to, unless we just hired some more people to the team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone likes to hang and have a good time. Um, hang with the people we're on tour with and stuff. Um, but we're not, you know, getting trash, throwing up in dumpsters and stuff like that. Um, Who draws more girls, currents or shadow of intent? That's a great question. I think probably by a few percent currents. I don't know, like by what percentage, but I think that's just like a constant in the metalcore world versus the death metal world. Right. Is, uh, a lot of dudes in death metal, right? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> But they're, you know, they'll they'll bring their girlfriends out or some girlfriends. I think deathcore maybe girls tend to yeah like yeah, more. Like Suicide maybe. Silence had a lot of girls at their show. Yeah, like fucking Mitch was a heartthrob, you know. Yeah, I think if you have the right frontman, probably you'll have girls at your shows, <laughs> just in any genre. Um, but yeah, right on. Well, dude, I. Uh, I really enjoyed catching up with you, man. Yeah, me too, man. Podcast. This was killer. Yeah, yeah, it was great to uh, check this one out. Uh, and I, I just checked out the Spencer one the other day to warm up. Um, Brad, but yeah, really like what you're doing, man. Yeah, that's killer. No, I'm, I'm stoked for your band and bands. And uh, I really just, you know, I haven't heard the currents thing yet, so I can't be like, you know kissing your ass on that but the chat sure. just was fucking you guys were crushing the other night it was so fucking amazing thanks man yeah i appreciate that yeah really good yeah i'm just really glad you got to see it you know didn't expect walking in that you would be there but it's really cool yeah it was a blast so uh best of luck with everything man like i hope you keep on you know i hope both your bands do great like i hope you just fucking keep on killing it best of luck for the as i like why don't you give a plug for your new record your upcoming tour like all your stuff sure yeah everything um, you're doing right now yeah so currents and shaman tenant will have new music at some point uh not sure when but it's coming so um the new album is not out yet yeah, not, uh, Shadow Intent did just put out an album in January as well. I'll okay. say that. Yeah. Um, Elegy. Uh, upcoming tours. Really, the only one that's announced is the Azalea Dying 
tour coming up in uh, June, July. Uh, that'll be a good one. And yeah, that's all I can really talk about. But um, definitely looking forward to all that. And Currents is on tour right now with Brandon Sacrifice, Thyatis Murder, and After the Burial. Yes. Yeah. I'd le- I love that. That last After the Burial record is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All their stuff is just. Oh, my God. It's they keep raising the bar. Fucking Riff City. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, looking forward to whatever you do next. Awesome. Thank you, man. Anyway, there you go. Chris Wiseman, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, right there, the mighty, mighty Chris Wiseman, shadow of intent, currents here on No Fucking Regrets. No Fucking Regrets! With Rob Flynn.